Recording in progress. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for just being a part of our lives. Thank you for leading us. Um, thank you for leading us, God. Thank you for giving us righteousness. Thank you for showing us the path of righteousness so that we can follow you. God, we just pray that you please allow your Holy Spirit to abide in us and let us be obedient to your Holy Spirit, God. God, I, I just pray that you lead me in this discussion, Lord, and allow me to deliver your word today. Allow everyone that is listening, let them receive it exactly the way that you want them to receive it, God. So allow me to plant seeds and water seeds so that you can grow them, Father God. I just pray that you remove everything inside of us that is disobedient, dissatisfying, and displeasing to you, God. Removing and uprooted out of us. Go all the way down to the root and uprooted out, God. And allow it to not manifest in our life, God, but replace it with those things that are satisfying to you, obedient to you, and pleasing to you, God. And, and we just plead the blood of Jesus over over your word being planted in our hearts, God. And we ask that you allow it to stay hidden in our hearts. Please, God, let your will be done in our life, God. We ask that you open up doors of opportunity that no man can close, that you close doors that no man can open, God, so that we can, you know, um, just start fresh and fulfilling your plan, will, and purpose, God. Allow us to just keep on being focused on the things that you want us to do, God, on the blessings, the promises that you have with us, God, and allow us to fulfill them, God. So allow us to look at failure as a failure as an opportunity so that we can have long suffering and um, we can have patience. And God, just, you know, just walk with us because you go ahead of us all the time. You go ahead of us in whatever the day holds and you go with us in whatever the day holds. So we just appreciate your guidance. We appreciate your presence. And God, we just ask that you continue to give us inspiration, encouragement, and your love, God. And um, the most important thing, God, we just want your will to be done. Not ours, not anyone else's, but yours. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is sealed in your time and blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me today on Laws, Life, and Health. Let's talk about it. Today, I have a new podcast that I'm talking about, which is Women's Health. Okay. Um, let me go ahead. So will someone look like they posted a question? Okay. So that is sort of a meaningless question. What if they have a crush on their same gender cousin? So these type of topics... Those type of questions, I will not be answering them, okay? So let me um, share my screen and get right into the word today. Okay. All right, so the first thing I want to talk about today is I'm going to be Going over 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20. It says, do you not know? Hold on, I'm going to pull this up on in Bible Hub. Do you not know? 
that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. That's the NIV version. The New Living Translation says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. The English Standard Version says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. The King James Bible says, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. The Amplified Bible says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received as a gift from God, and that you are not your own property? So I want to look at this whole verse. So let me go to um, Bible Gateway. I want to look at, I want to look at from 19 through 21. Okay, I guess it goes to only verse 20. It only goes to verse 20. Okay. So it's see, so I'm gonna start from 18 actually. Cause I think I should have started from verse 17. So going from make sure I have 18 here. I'm gonna go through 18 to 20. Okay, so it says flee. Hold on, there's something going on with the wrong camera. camera on. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against against their body do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have received from god you are not your own you were bought at a price therefore honor god with your bodies okay so we as women a lot of times when we're you know like buying certain products and stuff like that we you are not like fully aware of what these products are doing to your body so it's not just the things that we use on our bodies right but it's also some of the things that we put into our bodies for instance if you are a smoker right so smoking is an addiction an addiction is a a, a power source that is controlling you so anything that controls you 
is a form of what? It's a form of witchcraft. So when you think about control, addiction is a substance that causes you to be out of control for. So that is what addiction is. So anything that controls you is a form of witchcraft. So let's look at, um, I want to pull up another scripture here too. Okay, so I have I have pulled this up and I just want you all to see that um addiction is a form of witchcraft. Okay. And so you if you click here on drugs and medicines in the Bible, are they related to witchcraft? Um, is drug abuse a form of witchcraft? This is Bible eggs. Okay, so let's look here. This is um an article. Is drug abuse a form of witchcraft? The Greek definition of the word witchcraft is pharmakeia, literally, which means poison or magic potion, the administering of drugs and this and the sorcery. So we see in Exodus 7 11, it says, Then Pharaoh also in like manner with their enchantments. right so we see that um pharmakia is the greek definition but what i would like to do is i want to look at um let's this week it was messing up on me so hopefully it's back working it wouldn't load some of the um it wouldn't load some of the content Okay, so we see that the word witchcraft is in the Bible three times, right? And um, so it is it's listed in first Samuel 15 and 23. It's um let's look at that scripture. And so um we are looking at a strong concordance. You want to make sure that you're looking at it from the King James Bible. Um specifically, um the Strong's Concordance is going to reference the Hebrew Bible, which is in the Old Testament, and also the Greek, which is in the New Testament. So it utilizes the King James Version. Um, it doesn't use any other uh, version to be able to um, access the words that you're looking for. So if you wanted to study like a different word hunt of, or, of certain words in the Bible and their meaning, um, the Strong's Concordance will be able to get that information for you. So in 1 Samuel 15 and 23, the King James Version, um, 
the scripture says for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as inequity and idolatry because thou hast rejected the word of the lord he hath also rejected thee from being king so the rebellion of sin is witchcraft right and so what that means is that um sin equates to witchcraft because it's witchcraft is really uh a, you know a force that is an evil force so let's look at second chronicles 33 and 6. so um second chronicles 33 and 6 it says and he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. also he observed times and used enchantments and used witchcraft and dealt with familiar spirits and with wizards he wrought much evil in the sight of the lord to provoke him to anger so you see here is another form of an evil force that is being used which is witchcraft so if we look in the in and so first samuel and second chronicles those are all in the old testament so those are hebrew um explanations of what witchcraft is in the bible according to scriptures so if we look at galatians 5 and 20 it talks about um this is the greek explanation of um it talks about uh witchcraft here so idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulations wrath strife seditions here's hearsays right so all of these things are witchcraft you see and um any so the rebellion if you could start back at the beginning where it says first time you the rebellion of sin we understand dived from sin of witchcraft is as the sin of witchcraft so when we're um we see that the word witchcraft is listed here three times in the bible all right and so let's look at the the, the number and also the word so in first samuel 15 and 23 the word witchcraft is Kashath. So this is a primitive root word properly to whisper a spell, to enchant or practice magic, sorcery, use witchcraft. So we see that the difference between 1 Samuel 15 and 23 and 2 Chronicles 33 and 6 with the different um, kisum is basically like a spiritual um, witchcraft. So it's a sentence okay um 
And when you look at the second chronicles, this is more like the practice of the spells of witchcraft, sorcery, when people are doing that. So if we go to Galatians 5 and 20, it is um, Strong's number 5331, which is the word is pronounced pharmakia, pharmakia. And, and so this word means medication or pharmacy by extension, magic, literally or figuratively sorcery, witchcraft. Right. So when you think of medication, some people are taking marijuana as medication. They take um, uh, they use tobacco and then they feel better. Right. Some people drink alcohol and they feel better. Some people are using substance there. They have substance use disorder where they're utilizing drugs to make them feel better so all of that is considered their medication their pharmacy it is an extension of magic okay literally or figuratively so we're going to use the new testament version which is pharmakia pharmakia which means medication pharmacy also um it means poison right if you if you go into a further word search um so i wanted to go and just look over this article here where it talks about um just drug abuse and witchcraft all right so i'm not going to read this word for word i just want to just go over a couple of the scriptures that that are listed here and just sort of get you know give you all an understanding of what addiction is so addiction could also be gambling. It could also be, um, uh, let's see, gambling. Um, there's sex addiction. Sex addiction. There is uh, addiction with gossip. Um, there are people that like to slander others. That that's also accompanied with gossip. Those are all different types of addiction. And so when you think of addiction, you have to associate addiction with witchcraft why because addiction is a form of witchcraft because it if it controls you you can't control it it's witchcraft so sin sin is something that becomes a norm for many people right so you you like gossiping you like sex you like drugs, you like marijuana, you like alcohol, you like uh, gambling. These are all things that some people like doing. They really enjoy doing them. So sin, sin is a um, form of witchcraft, okay? Because sin causes people to have an addiction for it. Sin is associated with many different attributes right people sin when they have lust in their eyes they sin when they you know um covet other uh things right they um sin when they like uh idolatry they um sin when they commit adultery these are some of the things that people enjoy doing now i know that this is a women's health discussion but this is not just specific for women to understand this should also apply to males who you all have mothers you have sisters possibly you have nieces and um you have aunties 
you have uh you know so you have women that you engage with you have uh maybe your um cousins there are so many different women in this world that men are you know coexisting with all right so i'm not just saying this is specific to your spouse or for your mom so when you think of women's health it's like oh well that's I, i'm not a woman you know so i'm a, a person that is a male they feel like they don't have to listen to a woman's health blog but in actuality you may need to listen to a women's health blog for your for your kids so i am a woman and of course i want to know about women's health so i have studied i have went on a very in-depth study about women's health all right and it's so important for you know just for men to be able to understand the woman's body the woman's health and be able to provide them with like supportive services you you may never know you might need to help your cousins you might need to help your sisters you not might need to help your nieces you might need to help your spouse you might need to help your neighbor one day you just may never know okay um so it's important for both males to um listen to this blog because it could be beneficial to you helping the women in your life um so let me go ahead and, and get back to it so now um okay so here it talks about this talks about um the ability to produce magic spells and so that's what we see here in um this the uh karshaf karshaf that is the 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 uh hebrew word and um the strong's number 3784 where they whisper spells and stuff like that so where i'm not talking about that type of witchcraft i am talking about the unconscious type of witchcraft that you don't even know that you are under a control of a higher force right so when you allow yourself to get addicted to certain things that is going on in this world like they are spiritually that leads to spiritual death you it's just going to be automatic and they become a habit for you and so this article talks about like um when people mix drugs uh like marijuana ecstasy cocaine all of these different type of things and they unknowingly allow their minds to be open to demonic oppression and even possession and so let me kind of go into the depths of this all right when you are high you allow demonic oppression to take place because you know your mind isn't at the fullest capacity if the holy spirit is supposed to work inside of you you are supposed to allow the holy spirit to lead you to guide you you know um you're you are no longer conformed to this world but you're transformed by the renewing of your mind right and in order for you to have your mind transformed you have to give the holy spirit permission to lead you but when you are high it prevents the holy spirit from fully guiding you so what happens is there is a demonic oppression 
that takes place and even a even a, a demonic possession so now you're no longer um thinking at your state of mind that allows the holy spirit to lead you you are now being led by a, a altering force and so that altering force that you don't seem to have control over because after after you're no longer high anymore now you're going to want to get high again and so that there is it's it's the control is coming in that's where the control is coming in into your mind and so drugs any addiction it invites the demonic oppression to come into your mind it invites the demonic possession to come into your body and so now when you're thinking about things it's not no longer just your thoughts but now you have the influence of that controlled substance that is now leading you and so that is not just the controlled substance or the substance juice that is able to fully direct you it is a demonic spirit that is leading and guiding you so we see that paul encountered the practice of sorcery at ephesus and we see this in acts 19 and 19. it says many of them also which was which you curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men and they counted the price of them and found it fifty thousand pieces of silver and he said to the galatians now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these adultery fornication unclean uncleanness uh lasciviousness idolatry witchcraft hatred variance emulations wrath strife seditions hearsays envyance uh murder drunkenness re, uh revealings and such like of which i tell you before as i have also told you in the past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of god so all of these things right here let me go i'm gonna pull this picture up and um i would like to pull it up in bible hub so let me pull this up in bible hub okay so the niv version says the acts of the flesh and this is in galatians 5 19 the acts of the flesh are obvious sexually sexual immorality impurity and debauchery that the new living translation says when you follow the desires of your sinful nature the results are very clear sexual immorality impurity lustful pleasures the english standard version says now the works of the flesh are evident sexual immorality impurity since uh since um lord jesus help me sensuality sorry sensuality all right uh the king james bible says now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these adultery fornication uncleanness lasciviousness all right the amplified bible says now the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident so they are clear 
There are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control. So we see that all of these things are a form of lack of self-control. Now, when you compare these different forms of uh, the works of the flesh, when you compare adultery and fornication, they're all similar. There is really no difference. These are all addictions that some people have. They do all of these sins because they have no control of themselves. There is a lack of self-discipline. There is a lack of self-control. So people are being controlled by their addiction. Their addiction to committing adultery. They marry, but they still just want to have sex with somebody else. They have the desire to continue to commit adultery, acts of adultery, right? They lust after other women or, or women lusting after another man. They are married. That is adultery. Fornication. They're fornicating after another person for sex. They want to have sex with that person, even though they're not married. Fornication. So that's, you know, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry. All of these things are forms of witchcraft. All of these things are works of the flesh. So works of the flesh, as this scripture says, let's go back to the scripture, 1 Corinthians, verses, oh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. So there's a difference in this sin. That's what the Bible is telling us. That when you sin sexually, you're going against your body. And so that's, you know, like God doesn't want us to do that. And I know like a lot of, uh, there are so many women, like I've, I've seen and fornicated, you know, I've seen and done it. And so I feel that, you know, once you are a new creation in Christ, the old has passed away and the new has begun. So guess what? I haven't done that since June 10th of 2022. So it starts in the now. It starts right now. What are you doing right now? To rectify your relationship with God. How are you dedicating, showing God that you can make a dedication to him and stick to it? You can't do it in your own power, within your own power or within your own volition. You have to make sure that the Holy Spirit is empowering you. So in order to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, you want to make sure that the Holy Spirit you are giving, you're giving the Holy Spirit access to you. You're giving the Holy Spirit access to your body. You're giving the Holy Spirit access to your mind. You're giving the Holy Spirit access to leading you. You're giving the Holy Spirit access. So in order for you to be led by the Spirit of God, you have to make sure that you're giving the Holy Spirit access to you.
Now I want to go back to this article. So we see that there is some spiritualism, right? That is um, destroying people because of sin. So we see here in Revelations 21, Revelations 21 and 18. Let's go to that scripture. It says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fit to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So this is what will happen to people who continue to practice in and sexual immorality. Those that practice in magic arts, idolatry, liars, murderers, unbelievers, they will be basically confined to the, the to the uh to the lake of burning sulfur, the lake, the lake of fire. And that is the second death. So the first death is the physical death. This is the spiritual death. So in order for people to stop polluting their bodies and harming their bodies you have to understand that your body is the temple of god and so we see that in first corinthians 3 16 through 17 and also in 16 through uh, i'm sorry through uh 6 through 19. so because christ saved us from eternal death now we have eternal life all right so if we as believers allow we cannot allow our physical appetite or lust to control you so you have to make your body under control of the holy spirit and the way that you do that is in romans romans chapter 6 and um verse 13 so let's go there and i will post these um scriptures up later It says, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him and as an instrument of righteousness. So how are you going to be used? Are you going to be used as an instrument of wickedness or are you going to be used as an instrument of righteousness? And some people may say, well, I didn't, that's not wicked. Well, yes, it is. So let's look at the Strong's Concordance. And we're going to look at the word wickedness. So the word wickedness is listed 119 times in the Bible. Okay and let's start at genesis i'm just going to look at a few here i see that there are quite a few different strong's numbers which means that they're going to have different meanings and different um words that are associated with the word wickedness it really depends on the scripture so looking at the first word of wickedness in the bible it starts at genesis chapter 6 verse 5 
And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. This is Strong's number 07451. Now remember, we're going to do what? We're going to denote the the uh, number zero. So this is Strong's number 7451, which is what? Ra. And I've already talked about Ra in the last um, episode of, I'm sorry, in the last uh, podcast of um, love, hate, and benevolence. That would be the the, the sun god that some people uh, proclaim to be their god. So Ra is means evil. Ra is ad- adversity, affliction, bad, calamity, displeased, distrust, distress right man thing exceedingly uh grief harm heavy hurt hurtful mischievous misery newsome not pleased sad sadly sore sorrow trouble all of these things means wickedness so anything that makes you feel this way is wicked if you are feeling adversity if you are feeling affliction if you are feeling bad if you are feeling calamity if you are feeling you know um displeased displeasure distress evil man you like all of these evil things those are things that are wicked so what what this tells us is this all right i don't want to move too fast but i also want to keep up the pace here so when you look at when we look at this um we look at this here go back to uh romans okay i had it put up romans 6 and 13. no not romans 6 and 13 it's galatians so i thought i had pulled up the whole um so let me go to galatians Galatians 5, 18 through 20. So we see that all of these things, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality. That that sexual immorality, guess what it's going to lead to? Let, let's, let me do a side-by-side screen here too. So, so you can see what's obvious. So we see that... Genesis 6 and 5, the Hebrew word Ra is evil. So sexual immorality here in Galatians 5, 18 and 20, which is acts of the flesh. Sexual immorality may lead to you feeling bad, may lead to affliction, may lead to displeasure, may lead to distress. All of these things are wickedness. So the act of sexual immorality will lead you to feeling trouble or sorrow. Impurity here in Galatians 19. That's the next one there. Impurity may make you feel wretchedness. It may make you feel wrong. It may make you feel uh, misery. 
as as the word wickedness mean over here you see that so all you have to do is look at what are the act so the act is sexual immorality impurity and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions all of those things have symptoms all of those actions have symptoms and the symptoms are wickedness and the wickedness that that is, is explained here in the hebrew word ra is all wickedness which are bad evil if this is evil natural or moral adversity you're going to experience affliction when you have selfish ambitions you may experience grief you may be hurtful you may be uh having feelings of heaviness harm you see all of these things are symptoms of acts of the flesh so going back here now i want to make sure that i'm explaining this right so when we are looking at some of the things that god wants us to do we have to first get self-discipline before we could talk about women's health in detail we all need to understand self-discipline because you have to understand i am going to go on a very thorough analysis of women being required to sort of change some of your lifestyle in order for you to live a more enhanced life all right so that is going to require self-discipline it's going to require you to have self-control not lack of self-control because if you have already been creating all of these habits that are now a part of your norms fornication is a norm for some people and i'm not just going to say fornication we're going to go back to galatians 5 and 18. here we see that these the the acts of the flesh are all sin and sin becomes a norm and in order for you to combat some of these norms and get rid of the symptoms of hold on i think i actually let me see here it is in order to get rid of some of the symptoms of that are associated with this wickedness you have to what you have to have self-discipline you have to have self-control you have to let go of a lot of different things that you may have been considering normal but if you are governed by your emotions if you are governed by these acts of the flesh you are going to have symptoms that are inconsistent with what god wants you to have so god does not want us to be inconsistent with anything 
God does not want us to feel any inconsistencies. Okay. So um going back here to the article. Let's go to also Romans um 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So that's Romans um, 12 and 1. So I'm going to pull that up. Romans 12 and 1. Also, um, and I already just went over First Corinthians 9, 25 and 27. So in order for us to have self-discipline and self-control, we have to make ourselves subjective to the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 12 and 1, therefore... I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. See, God gives us mercy when we make a decision. And that decision is in alignment with what God's will is. So, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Amen. Yes, hallelujah to that. Right? So when we are offering and giving our bodies to God, by making sure that we're not doing things that disallow the Holy Spirit from leading you. It was so difficult for me to stop smoking. But I did it. And I was able to get it done without it being difficult. It was the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Spirit that gave me the power that I needed. The Holy Spirit refueled me i'm gonna say that again the holy spirit refueled me so you have to let the holy spirit refuel you you might not have no energy to do nothing you might not feel like praying you might not like feeling like doing anything at all you feel stressed you feel hurt you feel pain you feel adversity you feel all these different emotions but guess what you have to when you understand that all of those things is what a symptom of sin that wretchedness all of the wickedness, the trouble and the sorrow, depression, anxiety, all of sorrow leads to depression. You see that that is a symptom of sin. That is a symptom of acts of your flesh, giving in to your flesh. 
the affliction that you experience, all of those things, you have to let go and let God refuel you. God wants to refuel you with the Holy Spirit so that you can have the power that you need in order to sustain in this world. But it starts with discipline. It starts with self-control. So when I used to drink a lot, I didn't care about what people thought of me. It was my money and I did what I want with it. So if I bought me some alcohol, that's what was, it was my money and I spent my money how I want. I didn't ask for your money. I spent my money the way I wanted to spend it. And so I was going through a lot of different things in my life and I felt like it was very difficult for, it was, it was very difficult. It was challenging to be able to get through it. And what I mean was the alcohol allowed me to reflect to God on so many different levels. And also I was, you know, like it, it, it was kind of hard to talk to some people because some people, they just do not understand what you're going through. They are only thinking at a certain level of understanding when your mind, like for me, my mind was on a completely different level. When I mean completely different level is I understand things from not just the physical aspect, but the spiritual perspective. So many times I would have conversations with people when they're only looking and viewing things from their physical perspective and not their uh, spiritual perspective. So it's difficult to be able to talk to people intellectually and be able to get them to understand your perspective on the spiritual level. So I felt like alcohol was a way for me to coexist with individuals that were just thinking on a physical level. And, and then I went and I, I stopped doing that. And then I just started drinking. And then I would just talk to God all by myself. I didn't, I don't need no answers from anybody else. I don't need, I just completely cut off any um, guidance from people. And I only sought God for my answers. And so I would be, sometimes I would be inebriated and I would be talking to God, but I would still talk to God and God would still answer my prayers. So I probably had, I don't know, maybe 500,000 questions. And I don't mean that literally, I could, it's figuratively. So I don't know how many questions I asked God. I just know that it was a combination of many, what, quite a few years of questions that I had built up that I needed to get answered by God. And this is on a daily basis where I needed to get answers from God. And this was so important for me because even though I was inebriated, I, I still felt like I wasn't inebriated. So God took the, the feeling of me drinking away. Like I didn't feel inebriated at all. I didn't feel drunk at all. So really, it had got to the point where when I drink, it was meaningless. It became meaningless because it had no impact or no effect over my body. 
And so now it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. This is wasteful spending. Why am I spending my money on this alcohol and I'm not even feeling anything at all? So I stopped. God allowed me to stop and I just completely stopped. God, it was like God spoke to me and said, look, this is not for you any longer. This is not. What is the point of you drinking? You buy alcohol and you're looking for a certain feeling. Aren't you getting that feeling from me when you speak to me? Am I not answering the things that you need answered? Am I not showing you the way that I am involved in your life? Am I not showing you how I have intervened on your behalf? Did I not tell you how I worked hard for you to do good? So God was telling me, like, I've done all of these things for you. And why would you even need to drink after that? So I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's wasteful spending. And now it's, it's not helping me in any way. I don't need it anymore. Because now the answers that I was looking for, God has now been giving them to me. So I don't need to talk to people about it. I don't need to talk to no one about it because I'm talking directly to the Lord. I took it directly to the throne of grace and God was able to speak directly to me. And so that meant more to me than anything else in this world. So God begins to answer the questions. And, you know, like, for instance, I asked God, well, why, why did I, you know, go through that experience? Why did I go through this experience of being kidnapped? Why did that happen? Why did you let that happen? Why did you let these things happen to me? You you allowed all of these things to happen, Lord. Why did you let them happen? And God told me that it's not about you. It's about you getting through, through my glory. Because your experience isn't who you are. The, your, your experience after what you experience is who you are. How do you still, how do you praise God after a bad situation? How do you maintain your right relationship with God after you've experienced loss? How do you still trust God after you went through an exceedingly over, like, uh, uh, uh over, um, form of affliction in your life? How do you still include God in your life after your experience? See, God already know that you belong to him. God knows his children. It's the people in this world that don't know who the children of God is. And so your experience helps shape their belief system. Your experience and your testimony allow you to plant seeds in their life, allow you to water seeds in their life, and then God grows it. Your experience of, of this affliction, your experience of calamity, your experience of displeasure, your experience of pain, your experience of sorrow and trouble, your experience of all of these, you know, um, 
different evils that have taken place, all of your experience of the wrongs that have been inflicted upon your life. How are they shaping your perspective? And so God, God said that, see, this is why I, this is like, God really spoke to me through Job. And I know I always talk about Job, but really it, it was like, it resonated with my mind. God just like did something to me when with the way he explained the book of Job to me. And Job, all he did was weep. He was just weeping. I was I, every time you read the book of Job, it's like, wait a minute. Well, when is he gonna stop weeping? He, oh God, you did this, God, 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 God. He just, oh no, what did I do? Oh, oh, he just complained. Well, I, I'm not gonna say complain about everything. He just, he was really weeping, weeping. But you have to understand that the same thing that happened with Job, it's the same thing that's going on in your life. The devil went outside the gates of heaven, bargaining with, with God over Job's life. Well, the only reason why Job is worshiping you and praising you is because you have blessed him. But if you take away what he has, he's going to curse you to your face. It's the same way in your life. Or in anybody else's life who's going through affliction and bad things and evils and adversities and all of these problems, they're going through similar experiences. It's because the enemy goes outside of the gates of heaven bargaining over your soul. And I say, oh God, really? So all of these situations that happen... The enemy was really just testing the children of God. See, because James, James, I think James 1, James chapter 1 and 7, I think. It talks about how a man looks at himself in the mirror and then who he forgets who he look like. You cannot forget who you are. Don't forget that you was called and chosen by God. So when the enemy is tempting you, temptation does not come from God. Temptation comes from what is within. The things that have been implanted within you, the, the thoughts, your thinking process, the way your mind is functioning, the way your mind is thinking. All of those things is influencing the way that you behave, the way that you react to things in life. But see, the enemy is still going outside the gates of heaven, bargaining over your soul. Oh, see, see, you know, they're, they're not going to praise you. He is not going to praise you. She will not praise you. Just take this away. Just kidnap her. Just you know, let her kids get raised by the Ku Klux Klan. Or let, let them, let her experience this. Let her experience this adversity. She is not going to praise you. You understand? So you have to understand the adversity that you're going through. It is because you belong to God. I don't care if you are a atheist. It wasn't meant for you to stay a atheist. 
what you're going through in your life is a temptation from the enemy to get you to deny God, to get you to curse God, to get you to forget what God has done for you, to get you to focus on all of the adversity, all of the affliction, all of the calamity, all of the displeasure, all of the distress, all of the sorrow, all of the trouble, all of the wickedness, all of the wretchedness. All of those things is to get you to focus on the bed why are you waking up in the morning and you aren't happy oh i gotta do this i gotta do that i gotta do this and this and this and that first of all you before your feet hit the ground you need to be thanking god thank you god for waking me up before i'm on the toilet walking to the bathroom i already said thank you god for waking me up I'm not grabbing no cell phone, looking at no cell phone. Thank you, God, for the breath of life. Because the things that you make important, those are the things that are controlling you. And like I said, sin is the, is the doorway, is the gatekeeper for these symptoms of distress, for these symptoms of adversities, for these symptoms of problems. And the devil will continue to go outside the gates of heaven, bargaining over your soul. Just let me do this. Let, let me just take away his job. Let him just have this one loss. He is not going to praise you. She is not going to worship you. If you just let me just take this away let me just put this obstacle right there lord that is how the devil goes outside of the gates of heaven bargaining over your soul and that's what god told me so now that i know this i'm like oh see the ku klux klan did not raise my kids but their family members were actively involved in their life. And guess what? My kids can do. My kids can now influence their family members that are the Ku Klux Klan. Why? Because they love my kids. So even though a situation was bad, God turned it around for good. It don't matter about what people say. It don't matter about what people think. God needed for me to go through that situation so that my kids can impact the lives of everybody around them. So that I can impact the lives of everybody that I encounter. Because my, my in-laws were the Ku Klux Klan. So you don't know what I experienced. And, and what God said, look, all of that situation that you feel that is bad, it's going to be turned around for good. So you have to quit looking at the perspective of your own lens with the acts of the flesh that you see here in Galatians 5, 18 through 20. 
If you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Because the Holy Spirit can lead you. If you are indulging in all of these different things that is causing you not to be led by the spirit, then you're going to be led by the acts of your flesh. You're going to be led to sexual immorality. You're going to be led to impurity. You're going to be led to debauchery. You're going to be led to idolatry. You're going to be led to doing things that are witchcraft. You're going to be led to hatred. You're going to be led to discord. You're going to be led to jealousy. You're going to be led to fits of rage. You're going to be led by selfish ambition. You're going to be led by dissensions. You're going to be led by factions. You're going to be led by all of these different things that are influencing the different variations of your behavior. But you have to remember that your behavior of sin, indulging in sin, have symptoms. Your sin have symptoms. Those are symptoms of depression, symptoms of adversity, symptoms of a lack of sleep, symptoms of stress, symptoms of, of problems, of worry, of trouble, symptoms of, of affliction. Symptoms of harm, symptoms of displeasure. Your sin carries all of those symptoms associated with not being led by the Holy Spirit. So in order for us to grow into the fulfillment of what God wants for us, we have to have self-control and discipline. You can't get self-control and discipline without being led by the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about a spiritual self-control, spiritual discipline. When you understand things from the spiritual realm, you don't need to think about going down the rabbit hole. Because some people say, well, that that you the more information you share and the more information you know, then you're going to go down a rabbit hole that you're not going to be able to unsee. You're not going to be able to, you know, look at things different once you go down that rabbit hole. Let me explain something to you. Understanding God, understanding the power of God is not taking you down any rabbit hole understanding god allows you to see things from god's perspective and not your own so if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law i don't want no parts of the symptoms of sexual immorality i don't want no parts of the symptoms of impurity i don't want no parts of the symptoms of idolatry and some people say idolatry is oh you just worshiping a statue you're worshiping this you're worshiping that no 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 idolatry is anything that you put before god that could be your managers at work that could be your job that could be your house that could be your car. That could be your wardrobe. That could be a combination of many different factors. 
But what you have to understand is this. How are you letting go of sin? Why are you attracted to sin in the first place? Why are you att attracted to impurity? So if, if you, you that's like, you, you love just being around people that just never speak about God. You have to ask yourself, why do you like it? Why do you like not going to church? And, and, and I don't mean to uh, cause offense, but if it causes offense, I'm going to say it if that's what God wants me to say. So you have to understand that just because you're not walking around, quote unquote, saying, oh, I like not going to church. You don't have to say you don't like you, 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 you like not going to church when you don't go to church. That's something you like doing. You don't have to say it. Your actions correlate with liking not going to church. You like committing adultery. You like sleeping with someone else's husband. You like sleeping with someone else's wife. You like it. You like it because you don't like your own husband. You like it because you don't like your own wife. So you like it. It, it, it doesn't matter that you don't say it. It matters about what you do. Some people don't always say what's in their heart. They just act on what's in their heart. And that still equates to both the word and also the act. Because in the act is a part of the belief, which is also what's in the heart. And then that person is going out here exemplifying what's really in their heart. So you do the things that's that's in your heart you're gonna make time for the things that's important to you i stay flexible but when i work i don't choose to work overtime okay i have a, i am very flexible i will come in early i will stay late but do i want this to be all the time do i want this to be a part of my work schedule absolutely not i have other things going on in my life so yes, I am flexible, but I am not going to dedicate my entire livelihood to a career. Okay, so you have to put priorities into perspective. What is your priority? Are you prioritizing God as being the head of your life? And, and the reason why I'm saying this is because right now, see, God is the head of my life. I love God. I don't know. Nobody is going to influence me with the commitment and dedication that I have made to God. I really, my mind is like set up to the point where I don't even have time to do anything that is a distraction to the Lord. Because the amount of peace that God gave me, that really surpasses. And when I say it surpasses, every level of understanding. So you have to let go of the things that are part of the flesh. If you don't, 
And it's just, this just does not apply to women. What I'm speaking about today, it applies to both male and female. And if we look at, um, I want to go to this other scripture. If you go to 1 Corinthians 11 and 3, but I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of every, and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. So if you put this into perspective, you don't have to question whether or not there is a male or female. You don't have to question it. Because this is what the word of God says. So. The outside influences of your acts of your flesh is deceiving you to believe that it's something else. It's multiple genders when there isn't multiple genders. So now do I go to work and I say, okay, well, you know, there aren't multiple genders. I'm not going to debate or argue with anybody at work. But I'm definitely not going to participate in activities that go against my spiritual beliefs. So if if I feel forced to do something, then that don't force me to do anything. Because that is a form of control. So anything that controls you is what? It's witchcraft. Your addiction, your addiction is controlling you. Your addiction to having your addiction to immorality, sexual immorality, your addiction to this selfish ambition. You, you're just a selfish person. With you being a selfish person, you're, you don't care about anybody else. You're addicted to yourself. You addicted to discord everywhere you go. You know every problem somebody going through. You know every single negative situation that somebody experiencing. You know everybody problem in where you live. You know all of your cousin negative business. You know everybody bad stuff. That is called discord. Discord. How can you place that much emphasis on discord? You focusing your attention on that. Well, you can't even shift your focus away from all of that negativity. These addicting spirits that people have is being controlled. That is witchcraft. Anything that controls you. I'm going to say it again. Anything that controls you is a form of witchcraft. God does not control you. God gives you freedom of choice. We love God voluntarily, not involuntarily. 
we choose God voluntarily, not involuntary. We are inspired by God and encouraged by God voluntarily, not involuntary. It's called free will. So you have a free will to choose God. Now, if you're out here doing all of these things, that's the acts of your flesh. That's controlling you. You're going to be controlled by everything else of the flesh in this world. You're going to be controlled by the flesh of this world, by the flesh and the desires of this world when you don't choose God. And so what that could mean, that could mean you worshiping 1,000 different gods. That could mean you doing some of the most low of the low of the low things in the world. That could mean that you being ratchet. That could mean you being selfish. That would be fits of anger and rage and discord, jealousy, envy and hatred and witchcraft, idolatry, debauchery, impurity, sexual immorality. All of those things. It's controlling you when you do not allow the Holy Spirit to lead you so we need to do what allow the holy spirit to lead us so what we do we uh we are led by the holy spirit so say i am led by the holy spirit i am led by the holy spirit i am led by the holy spirit of god I will follow the Holy Spirit. Say it. I will follow the Holy Spirit. So how are you putting these things into perspective? You may not think that you are being controlled because you are the one who is choosing to smoke marijuana. You are the one who is choosing to drink that alcoholic beverage that will cause you to become inebriated i could tell you this that even when you're smoking when you choose god all of it's gonna go away when you choose god that feeling of addiction will go away That feeling of whatever that that substance juice that you're using will go away. Like I said, when I was drinking alcohol and I would go to the throne of grace, I didn't even feel inebriated. So you have to understand that, yes, you should go to God as you are. If you have to talk to him, hey, you need to talk to him, hey. If you need to talk to God drunk, you need to talk to him drunk. Whatever it takes for you to start your communication with the Lord, that's what you need to do. Because you don't have the power within your own willpower to resist these things. So you have to give it to God. You have to talk to God about it. So 
you know, too many times you may be going through one situation after another situation, this adversity, this to this problem, from that problem to this concern, from this concern to this obstacle, from one obstacle to a barrier, from now this barrier to another uh, problem, from that problem to a concern that's the issue. Like, it's so many different things that's going on. And they just keep piling up and piling up and piling up. But you have to remember, just like the enemy did with Job, he is definitely doing with you. He goes outside the gates of heaven, bargaining with God over your soul. Let me, let just let me do this problem. Let me create this adversity. Let me create this obstacle. Let me create this barrier. He, he gonna curse you and she gonna curse you. But if you're choosing God in that situation, God, look, I, I don't have anything else to do. I have nowhere else to turn. I don't have anyone else to talk to. Nobody can give me the answers that I need. I don't know what to do, God. Help me. You, you take it to the throne. You talk to God personally. God will hear you. He is not going to ignore you. My pastor in Washington, Kenwick, Washington, I lived in Kenwick, Washington. And when I lived there, my pastor, he said before he became a pastor, he came to church. He was so high and stone. He said that he was shooting up dope and he sat in the seat and he just knew that God was speaking through the person that was talking at the church. And it changed his whole entire life. His name was Pastor Doug. It was at Word of Faith Center in Kenwood, Washington. He had died uh, like some years ago, but he was a pastor for a very long time. And he's a very, very powerful man. And so he did some very great things. But what I'm saying is he went, if it, if it had not been for him going, he chose to go to church. Hi. He was high. So you, you have to understand that God is going to take you in just as you are. Because in your weakness, you are made, in your weakness, God is made perfect in your life. So let's look this scripture up. So in the Bible, it says, here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 through 11. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is why I don't have a problem with talking about my experiences i don't have a problem with giving my testimony i don't have a problem with discussing anything in my life because guess what this is what god has gifted me to overcome i'm not a victim i'm victorious i don't have a victim mentality it doesn't matter what you experience it doesn't matter what you went through what matters is how you're going to glorify God through it. How you're going to glorify God after it. How you're going to glorify God going forward. 
It's about the glory of God. It's not about you. It's not ever about you. It's about you, your life, your testimony, your experience, helping other people get through, helping other people overcome. You are strong when you are weak. Because when you call on God, God is made perfect in you, in your weakness. Verse 10 says, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Because guess what? When you are weak, that's when you, you are the most fed, you fed up then. Who, who don't get fed up in their weakness? That you be like, oh, Lord, Jesus, I'm so, I don't want to ever go through this again. Lord, Jesus, how did this happen? How did I get in this situation, Lord? Help me, God. I don't ever want to go through this again. So your weakness will put you at a level of persecution that persecution that hardship will put you at a level where you're like uh-uh that's because god becomes perfect in your life when you call on him in your hardship in your persecution in the difficulties you're having because that's when you're the most fed up you're not fed up when you just like, ah, well, you know, I could tolerate this a little bit longer. I could tolerate working at this job a little bit more longer. I could put up with this man, beat me up at the top of my head a little bit longer. It isn't until you become fed up all the way when you're at the lowest point of your life. You're at the weakest point of your life. That is when God is made perfect in your life. You're like, uh-uh, I can't take this man hitting me upside the top of my head no more. I'm done. You so done where you're done with it. It's over. It's not no going back. So that is what God wants us to do. You have to understand that in order for us all to be led by the spirit of God, we have to accept the Holy Spirit. We have to invite the Holy Spirit. God has gifted us with the Holy Spirit, but what you think that don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So let's look at this scripture. It says here in Ephesians 4, chapter um, chapter 4, verse 30 through 31. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. See, th these are other symptoms of the acts of the flesh. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by being bitter. You will grieve the Holy Spirit if you have bitterness in your heart. 
And because uh, the Holy, when you get, when you accept the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will like, well, wait, do you, do you have unforgiveness for them? I remember I had, um, I helped this lady and I had helped her get some stuff for her business. And I said, well, when you get, when you get, um, when you get paid and stuff, I would like for you to pay me first before you do anything else and she said okay yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure i do i'm not gonna forget and so this lady literally took about almost three weeks to pay me and i just didn't understand like you know how could you do that and so the holy spirit will show you when people are bitter when you are bitter, don't be bitter in your heart. You have to let that go. Anything that somebody do, you don't have no control over it. Believe me, there is no control. So it's no even no point of stressing over someone else's actions. The things that impacted my life was the trauma that I experienced. It was the different situations that I went through with certain people involved in my life. Where the it was just the loss, the so many losses that I experienced. The the fact that um the the, the life that I was living in my marriage, that was that was painful. That was very painful. I thought I was the I was a happy person. I was going through, you know, we were going through a little, little bit, but not too much until the Ku Klux Klan was invited in our life. So that was very uh, a hard, difficult time for me to just process that information, to process that type of lifestyle, to process a completely different environment than what I was accustomed to living. That was a painful experience. I didn't want to separate with my husband at the time. So what I'm saying is we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. So can I can I pray for this man? Even though he lied to me about his family being the Ku Klux Klan. Yes, I can pray for him. Can I pray for him to be happy? Yes, I can pray for him to be happy. You have to look at yourself internally and understand you don't hold on to anything don't hold on to bitterness don't be bitter don't walk in bitterness i have people that would tell me all the time well it's like you know you don't you don't um care about stuff the way that every a lot of people do you you don't know what i've been through just because you think you know me you really don't know what I've endured and what I've experienced and how that shaped my heart. God healed me. So it's all it's easier for me to just let go of certain things. I let it go and I give it to God. You can't hurt me. You can't do anything to me. I'm not afraid of nobody in this world. I have the power of God living on the inside of me. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of me. I am walking with the power of God. 
I'm not afraid of nothing. I can have anything I want. Do when I say want, you think I'm referring to the pleasures or desires of the vanity of this world? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Those are not those that is not aligned with my desires. My desires is, isn't reflective of what the possessions, the material possessions of this world. That those are not the things that I want or think about on a daily basis. I think about my spiritual growth in God. I think about being mature and understanding his word. How can I grow in a way that is inclusive to all of the things that God wants me to do? Even when I mess up, I want to be able to redirect my focus back on God. I want to be able to shift my thoughts right back to the Holy Spirit. I want to be able to be guided directly by the inspiration and encouragement that is coming from God. Regardless of all of these outliers, the outliers of negativity that I encounter of people who say, oh, you know, this can't happen, that can't happen, this can't, this can't, that won't, this won't, whatever it is. I don't hear that. See, because I have intentional listening. We have to have intentional listening. And our intentional listening need to be directed to the Holy Spirit. You need to intentionally listen to the power of the Holy Spirit. See, a lot of times you women out here chasing all of these men, you chasing that girl, you chasing this person, you chasing that person. But when you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, nobody, you're not going to have to chase nobody. You're not going to have to follow up behind nobody because when people see you, they're going to be magnetized to you. They're magnetized to the Holy Spirit that is in you because they feel a power that is coming out of you. The power of the Holy Spirit, it, 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 circum, it, 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 it circumference the entire space around you. You don't got to chase behind that man. You don't got to chase behind that girl. You don't have to be concerned with dressing this way and talking this way and acting this way. All you have to do is be yourself. Allow the Holy Spirit to reshape your life, to reshape what has been broken and shattered in your life. Just choose the Holy Spirit while you have. Choose the Holy Spirit while you drunk. Choose the Holy Spirit in your situation. Say, God, I need you today. I want you in my life. Change me. Show me what I need to do. You, you going to search for love in all the wrong places. You don't have to search because guess what? That wife that God has for you, God going to send your way. And she not going to want to leave and go nowhere. You don't got to chase them. You don't got to chase what belongs to you. You don't got to worry about it. You don't got to worry about nothing. You don't have to be concerned about anything. You don't have to be, you don't have to fret on it. You don't have to be concerned about nothing because guess what? God has taken a burden for you. He's taking it. 
You don't have to do it no more. You don't quit, quit marrying. Quit chasing, quit chasing, quit chasing. Quit chasing the money. Quit chasing the friends. Quit chasing the relationship. Quit chasing. Allow God to heal you. And you need to just be still. Because like I said, people will magnetize themselves to you. It's the Holy Spirit it, that's on the inside of you. It's the God that is inside of you. God is inside of you. Say, God is inside of me. God is inside of me. God is inside of me. I cannot be defeated. I will win. I am strong. In my weakness, I am the strongest. God, when I am strong, God, please do not allow me to be affixed on anything of my flesh. Because see, when you understand things spiritually, you will know that, okay, well, in my weakness, God is perfect. That means, so how am I when I am strong? You have to still be able to receive the Holy Spirit when you think you're strong, when you think that everything is fine, when everything is going well, when you feel like you're prospering, when you're walking in victory, when you're feeling like you're on top, you need to still be able to be corrected and talk by God. You don't, you don't just, just lack in self-control just because now, oh, I overcame this and I overcame that and I overcame that. I can do this and I can do that. No, 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 no. I'm going to let God continually speak to me. See, because the devil's still going, the enemy going outside the gates of heaven, bargaining over your soul. Oh, you might as well, you sitting up here look, look, believing in a, a, the raw sun God. How can you believe in the raw sun God when it says in Hebrew that the raw sun God is evil? It means evil. It means wickedness. But you over here worshiping the Egyptian sun God who manifested into a, a nut. And then now all of a sudden, the sun God is in all the pharaohs. You have to understand what is good and what is evil. You can't understand those things if you're going to continue to be led by your flesh. You letting the flesh sponsor you. The flesh is sponsoring your thinking. Yo, the flesh of other people is now dictating your pace because their thoughts is filtering on spilling off into your life. And now you sitting up here listening to what they telling you to do. So instead of you listening to God, you over there listening to your cousin. Instead of you listening to God, you listening to your neighbor. Instead of you listening to God, you listening to your manager. You listening to your friends. You listen to all the people who got way more problems than you in other areas of their life. But they can uh, suddenly resolve yours. People fail and they fail themselves. So as they fail themselves, what makes you think that they're not going to fail you? 
they're going to fail you too. You can't expect to get the answers from your friends. You can't expect to get the answers from your cousins. You can't expect to get the answers from your family and friends, your co-workers, your manager. You can't get no answers from your neighbors. They failed themselves. So what makes you think they not going to fail you? You can't get the answers from people. You have to seek God. So I'm going to close today on the verse of this. So if you go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So in order for you to advance into the kingdom of God, because you don't want to have those, you don't want to have uh, the acts of the flesh that is sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, or factions. Because you know that all of those things are going to lead you to having symptoms of Ra, which is evil, the, the Hebrew word for evil and wickedness. Strong's number 7451. So you're going, going to do acts of, of the flesh and you're going to have a symptom of adversity. You're going to get them with symptoms of affliction. You're going to get the symptoms that are bad uh, and calamity. You're going to get the symptoms of displeasure, distress, and evil things. You're going to get the symptoms of trouble and sorrow, hopelessness, wretchedness, wrongness. That's the Hebrew word for wickedness, Ra. So you have to understand that God wants you to live better. And in order for you to live a, a, a life that is filled with peace, because God sees the potential in you. God see that you can have victory, but you have to see yourself with that potential. You have to see yourself as God sees you. Why do you keep seeing yourself as defeated? Why do you keep seeing yourself as, as hopeless? Why do you keep seeing yourself with despair? Why do you keep seeing yourself just, just uh, uh, undercover? You, you can't never be on top. Why do you feel yourself as defeated all the time? Let it go. God don't want you to feel that. God wants you to feel overcome. You are an overcomer. You are victorious. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. God didn't say you could do some things god didn't say you could do a tiny bit god didn't say you could do small things god said you can do all things through christ so your current of what you're experiencing in your life if you continue to have a currency of misery you need to associate that with acts of your flesh and let it go if you have an occurrences of depression you keep having occurrences 
of stress and anxiety. You keep having occurrences of trouble and adversity. You're doing something in your life that are causing you to have these symptoms in your life. And those symptoms are acts of your flesh. Let it go. It's not about, oh, yeah, God, I need to change this. Oh, yes, I do need to do that. No, no, no. What are you going to do today? When you find yourself gossiping on that phone, call on God. When you find yourself wanting to pick up that blunt, you need to call on God. When you want to find yourself wanting to go to the liquor store and get inebriated and drunk, <coughs> call on God. You have to call on God. God, no, I don't want this. I want you, God. I don't want to be wretched. I'm not wretchedness. Stop letting these occurrences take place in your life. Because God sees the potential in you. But if you don't see the potential in yourself, and you see yourself as defeated, then are you going to be victorious? You have to see yourself the way that God sees you. You need to see yourself as being great. You need to see yourself as being loved. You need to see yourself as being powerful. You need to see yourself as being able to have anything you want and not, not making sure that your desires are just aligned with the, the physical pleasures of this world. Life is way more than the physical things of this world, than the physical attractions of this world. Life is more than that. How can you talk to God when all you want to do is talk to God about something materialistic? Think about other things that God can give you, like a better attitude. A powerful Holy Spirit, a great relationship with Him. God can give you better communication. God can make you faithful, God can help you to you depend on hope. Quit depending on people to help resolve your problems when God will deliver you and set you free. So let me go ahead and pray. All right. Mark already. So Father God, we just come all before your throne of grace. Thank you so much for just being a part of our lives, God. And so I just ask that you please, God, allow us to understand that sin is witchcraft. Sin is bad. Sin carries symptoms that you do not want us to have god so let us choose you so that we can have that we can have symptoms of, of goodness that we can have greatness in our life we can have the peace that surpasses all understanding god show everyone the potential that you see in them show them that show us ourselves god show us our wrongs so that we can turn away from things that are bad god show us the things that we are doing right so that we can improve and grow in areas where we need to improve and grow God, please allow us to fulfill your plan, will, and purpose in our life, God. Let your will be done, God. 
Let your will be done. Let us walk in the paths of righteousness, God. Let us desire your inspiration and encouragement. Let us be obedient to your inspiration and encouragement. Let us accept your inspiration and encouragement in our life so that we can live life to the fullest potential that you have given us through the power of your Holy Spirit. God, reveal the power of your Holy Spirit to us, God. And also reveal all the people in our lives that mean us harm and remove them from our lives, God. Reveal all of the people that mean bad for us, God. Reveal them to us. Reveal them to us so that we can stay away, God. Allow your will to be done, not ours. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, it is sealed in your atomic blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me. I appreciate it. I will see you all tomorrow where we will be talking about women's health. Have a good night.